friends and welcome to the Universal Sisterhood podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter and be the authentic woman she was designed to be. Every human heart has been created to be seen, known and loved. So this is the place where women can share their story. Welcome to episode 110. In today's episode, I chat with Von Hosking. She's a Catholic wife and mum to three little kids under the age of five. She lives in Brisbane with her husband. She is a Catholic creative who has a passion for the beauty of art and how you can experience God's love through beautiful things. She loves finding ways to keep life and body and home a place of simplicity and a place of peace. Um, We chat about her um, personal journey of committing her life to God at the age of 16 and the whirlwind of the adventures that he put her on from contemplating uh, religious life, politics and marriage. It is a lovely conversation. Uh, She is full of love and life and uh, she's really vibrant and I think you're going to love her. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. That way the message gets out to as many women as possible that they are not alone on this journey. Have a great day. All right, welcome to the podcast, Vaughn. Thank you for having me, Jess. You're most welcome. Before we dive into the conversation, I would love for you to tell the listeners who you are and what your life looks like right now. Yeah, okay. So my name is Von, Von Hosking. Um, I am 36 years old. I just turned 36. Happy birthday. Really, thank you. It feels really, it, I mean, I'm, I love getting old. I feel really like I think getting, you know, each birthday you have is a real blessing because it's another year and another another year that you're entering into live and serve and love. But um, it feels, 36 does feel like, it kind of caught me. I was like, I, I don't know if I feel 36. I feel really young. Like I have, my spirit feels like my late 20s. I really feel like mid to late 20s. But anyway, just turned 36. I'm married to my husband. He's Pete. Um, and we live in Brisbane with our three kids um, who are young. They're five, three, and one. So I, right now I'm in my, I'm in my motherhood, my early motherhood season of life. And I love it. Like I'm at home with my kids, my eldest Anna, she just started school last week. So that's great. She loved it. So that's a new season. And that's, for me, I was like, and I'm still wondering, like today I had a bit of a reflection time in my prayer time because I was like, this is, this is surreal because it felt like it would be years at home with them. Like it felt when I first had Anna, and it's only five years ago, like she still feels really little to me, but it's, you know, she is at school because that's our curriculum, but um, it feels, it felt like those days would go on forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a real reminder that it doesn't go on forever. <laughs> For me, it's a real reminder that, yeah, like the seasons, these seasons are going to go, I mean, I hate that thing, you know, they go quick, but they they will pass. And, yeah, it was a reminder to me that it take each season as they are for whatever, how long they are. 
So yeah, yeah so Anna started school. My um, three-year-old actually do, is in one day of kindy this year too. So he started this kindy program on a Monday. So he was at, so I had two of them away from me today, which was so weird. So um, just for just for like nine till two. So it wasn't long. So and then I had Frank at home, who's what, just turned one, and he is a real blessing. He is just the sweetest, most beautiful little baby. Um, yeah, so that's my life at home with my kids. And then today, because I didn't have the older two, actually my my husband um, owns his own business. So I'm starting to to do a little bit of that at the moment too, which is really fun. Yeah. So stuff. will you work from home or do you have to go into an office? No, I just work from home. Just Great. Home. Yeah, just, just, just a little bit just to get my, you know, um, you know, appetite up and I basically just do what I'm gifted at. I just help him with some stuff. So, yeah, it's fun. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, you are in a a busy season, but it's also a very um it can be overwhelming. I don't know, I don't know about you, but I found it. I always I just what you said, I always thought I couldn't wait for the next step because I just thought this would never end. And then one day I found myself at home. Yeah. (laughs) With none. Wow. It it goes so fast and then you have these regrets like I didn't value it I didn't you know I kind of wasted all those years wanting the next wanting the next yeah totally absolutely yeah I feel like that already but that's why I'm trying to remind myself like yes it does go really quickly um and yeah I mean regrets are such a funny thing aren't they because they're so such a human I think some people are like I don't have regrets. I'm like, well, so I think it's a human experience to have yeah. regrets. I don't think yeah. you need to dwell yeah. in it. Live with no regrets. regrets. I'm thinking, yeah, right. Like, well, that's right. We're going to because hindsight is something that we do have to look back at and we do get the opportunity to look back at our life and go, oh, I might, might would have done that differently. But it's a good to have some, I think it's good and healthy because we reflect and we go, okay, and it's a learning experience. Hmm. You don't need to sit in it. You don't need to dwell on it. You don't need to get it, let you get it down, but you can move forward with that yeah. understanding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, it is overwhelming at times. Motherhood, oh, like, yeah. I, I might, my my biggest challenge in motherhood, especially with the like, yeah, well, my only experience so far, which has been with little kids, is the emotional management, the the, the emotional part, like learning how to manage my own emotions because they are being really triggered in motherhood for me. And I think that's a common experience from what I gather listening to other people. Like just this, they really, I think I've always had some, uh, an issue, uh, a struggle with managing my emotions, particularly anger, the emotion of anger. And I've had a lot, I've worked a lot in that area from a, like a psychological level, but also like a spiritual place of like, how do I, how can I manage this better in my life? And that was probably prior to marriage, but then also marriage and kids really trigger those those weak parts of ourselves. Mm. And so that's been triggered again. And so that has been a journey for me in motherhood, like going, how do I raise children and like nurture my marriage, nurture my children, and also whilst also managing and nurturing myself and figuring out these emotions which mm. come out in all different ways sometimes, and they come out sideways too. <laughs> they come out, uh, yeah, <laughs> at the most inopportune times as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, just wait because 
the emotions <laughs> get bigger. Oh gosh, it's such a it's such a journey, isn't it? That's why I'm really big into like this year for me. I'm really trying to focus on some um, like I'm seeing a psychologist, and I'm really trying to manage like how to best because I want to live my best life. Like yeah. I really want to live my best life, and so that sounds so it's such a cliche a cliche thing but I want to live my season I want to live at my best so I'm like okay, I'm in motherhood and I'm with young kids at home some parts of it I'm not managing my best so I was like okay I'm going to see a psychologist I'm going to take that time to really look at it out and go are there better ways to manage my emotions and also some coping mechanisms that I was using weren't best for my health and you know my marriage so I'm just like really trying to do the things and I think it's an ongoing thing but I'm like I really want to live this season the best way that I can yeah first of all I want to congratulate you because that's that's brave and that that's not only is it brave it's vulnerable it's also charitable you're doing something that's not easy that is a bit uncomfortable but for your family so well done I wish I did that it is really uncomfortable it's really scary for me actually I found it really I think just I felt feel like for so many years maybe so many on and off this like I should see a psychologist and I have one friend who is so good at doing this for herself like she says she she looks at seeing a psychologist as such as like a you know, you go and see the dentist, you go to the hairdresser, you see, you go and see a psychologist about if you're struggling with some things. And she would often be like, just go, just book one in. And I found just even booking one in, I found like, I found that a hard step. Mm. Um, not that I didn't want to and not that I saw shame around it, but just because it's another thing you have to do. And I'm like, okay, who do I see? Where do I go? What What do I want to see them about? Like, you know, it's, it. so anyway, I just did it and I locked one in and, yeah, I think Definitely. I think the thing there for for me that like finding a good one. I don't want somebody to feed me yeah. rotten information. You know, it's Absolutely. like who do you trust with your you know if if they're not a spiritual director and they're not a priest yes. and they're good in their own right, but they're not psychologists. Yes, yeah, and I think yeah, and, and that's what I've, I have been seeing as a spiritual director, and then doing, you know, sacraments, going to confession, seeing a priest, you do you do all those things, but I think there gets to a point where you actually need some help. Mm. So, like, they can identify the areas of problems or the way you're struggling, but how do you actually then, what is it, how do you practically, like, digest this and actually do something about it? Um, and that's when where I was like, I need to go and see a psychologist. But you're right, because it's all, our whole body is connected, so mind, body, spirit, our faith life, our mental health, our physical health, it's all connected. So you can't can't really separate one from the other. So I think when you're seeing a psychologist, there has to be someone, I think, I think it really has to be someone who understands your faith life and how that interacts because or at least at the whole. Yeah. Whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, um, I, I don't know, it's funny it brings up. I, I, do you, um, or have you heard of Reform Wellness in the yeah. day? Yeah. Oh, I really, I've been thinking about doing one of their courses because I feel, I see a lot of their stuff and I'm like, that is so good. Mm. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, what they do there. Yeah. yeah the I, I've done a, a small course of theirs and then um, I know what they do. And a friend of mine did the big course. 
Um, it's a big commitment and the time difference is really hard. So she was doing it at like two in the morning, um, things like that. And it it's very expensive. Well, yeah, so that that held me back, yeah, the expense, the investment. I was like, okay, I can't afford that right now. Um, but are there smaller courses, are there? Yes. Well, she did yeah. have one. I think it was in COVID. She had like a mini course. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's expensive, which is a drawback. Yeah, but, I mean, then I just thought, well, why don't I go to John Paul II Healing Centre in Tallahassee? You know. Let's well, that's right. <laughs> See, that, you have that. Sister Miriam. Oh, that's awesome. You have those. See, oh. I mean, we're so lucky in the church, aren't we? That's why I love that being Catholic. Like, we have this, like, such, like, um, so many amazing things at our, like, resources and yeah. spiritual, you know, people and practices at our fingertips. Like, we are just, we, it's such a rich faith in all those, in all the aspects. Yeah. yeah. So lucky. It's beautiful. Well, let's start. Well, I mean, we've already started the conversation, yeah. but I thought I thought we could properly start our conversation yeah. by yeah. going back a few decades. Yeah. Have you yeah. always been Catholic? Yeah, I have. Yes, I create. I'm a creative Catholic, as they say. I grew up. I was born to if number what number am I? Am I number three. Um, so I'm the third of. Well, I'm actually number four. My mum um actually had a baby before. Um, she met my dad and adopted him out, and but we didn't meet him until like I was, gosh, eighteen, I think, when I when I met him, or when we all found you know out about him before you met him. Did you no, know? Well, we we knew about him when I yeah when I was eighteen when we knew about him. So mum and dad decided to tell us all at the same time, uh-huh. and that was when I was eighteen. So that's like, yeah, like eighteen years ago. Um, so. Yeah, so so I consider now once we met him and we know him really well, um, we consider him part of the family, which he obviously is. And he's so we now there's seven of us. So I'm number four of seven. Um, but I grew up with this with um six of us. Um and yeah, mum and dad are really faithful. Well, my mum passed away last year, but um yeah, but they really beautiful, faithful people. Um we grew up in a really dynamic Catholic home, like really, really alive in the faith. Like we um, did all the sacraments. We had catechesis. Mum took teaching the faith really, really seriously um, and living it, obviously. Um, and so we went to Mass, obviously, every week at our local parish. We were really we were a big part of our local parish. We had children's liturgy and we did a lot, but our faith life at our parish was really big. Um, and then as we got older, mum and dad were also really big in, uh, into getting us, taking us to Catholic events. So every, arch, every event the Archdiocese put on, we would go to, um, every youth event we would go to, um, whether there were different, different communities within the Catholic church had, they had youth events, we would go, we would go to family camps. We had lots of different things, but I feel like what I remember of growing up was a lot of faith-based church events um and yeah. did, you have, did you have other families that were the same or were you like the the, the old ones out in the no camp? we had a we had a few at our local parish yeah which we um yeah which was great and but we actually went to states for state local state schools so which was a lot of the other families did it we were the only ones really that went through the state education system and we loved it and oh I love I loved my 
schools that I went to. Um, and at the schools, we were the only Catholic family. So I certainly felt like the odd one out at school, but not in a bad way. Um, I think I felt like that was really fruitful for my faith because I really loved my faith. I really felt like I had, I never didn't like my faith. Like I loved, I always felt a real connection to church and to Jesus. Like mum and dad made Jesus really alive to us. It wasn't just about going to church. It was about relationship with Jesus and really nurturing that. Um, Mum had lots of icons and pictures and like our home was just filled with Catholic stuff everywhere. Mary was everywhere, statues of Mary, Jesus, like the Holy Family was just everywhere. Um, and so when I, yeah, when I went to high school, especially, I um, really owned that for myself when I was 16. I Actually, I was, I, I was reflecting on that um, just this month, actually a few weeks ago, because it was January 2014. 2004 um the start of my year year 11 um yeah that I fully committed my life to Jesus like I'd already like been obviously living out my faith but I just that month that particular event that I was at I um in that time of my life I just went this is it like for good this is my life this is what my life is going to look like I'm gonna I'm gonna be a Christian I'm gonna follow Jesus because at that time in my life it was like parties were happening there was alcohol and drugs at parties at school so I really had to go which way am I living like what's my life what do I look like who am I and I just owned it so that was 20 years ago and I feel like that was like obviously obviously the best decision that I like I could have made but just yeah it's funny how those moments in your life that really are a, um, like a bit of a map, a mark in the map that goes like that was really big. I didn't realise. Pivotal moment. Yeah, pivotal moment, yes, yes. And I don't think I realised how pivotal it was then. Um, so were you at, at an event or were you in your bedroom? Like like what, what yeah. was it? I was at a, you um, a, a room, but you at a party. <laughs> I was at a youth camp actually. I was at a youth camp and I just finished. I was, I had a few parties. It was summer. So yeah. And between year 10, year 10 and 11, and there were a few parties and I loved like, I don't know, sounds weird saying this, but I was quite popular at school. I had lots of friends. I was invited to all the parties and I went to all the parties, but I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. Obviously I didn't get into any of that stuff. I wasn't really, I wasn't really a partier, but I was a real, I was a real extrovert. I am an extrovert and I loved going for the social aspect. I tell. <laughs> and I would tell my mum, I'd say to mum, like we, I said to mum, and mum would let, mum, you know, really trusted my judgment. And I was like, I want to go, but I don't want to stay late. So I was like, I just, can you come at 10 and message me and I'd come out. So I'd always leave or if I'd call or if I felt like there was, you know, when a party kind of turns, like it's fun and then it's not fun. I was like, I just need to go before it, like work right at the top when it's fun. Anyway, so I always made always left parties before. An exit strategy. Had an exit strategy. And mum always, no matter, yeah, she was just, mum and dad were the best. They'd always just come and pick us up and, you know, I feel so, I remember, I vividly remember feeling so at peace when I got into my parents' car. I'd just be like, oh, thanks for coming and picking me up and I love going home and having a cup of tea with mum and, man, just, yeah. That's anyway, cool. yeah. But, um, yeah, I was at a youth camp actually, a youth camp and a Catholic youth camp that, it was the first one I'd ever been to and um, they had adoration and I don't know why, I don't know if I had 
I would say that I've probably been to adoration before that. Like I think mum mum would have taken us to adoration for sure. But I don't remember any I don't remember any big moments in adoration, but I remember this. And I was sitting in adoration. And this was the first time that I really understood the Eucharist. Like I really understood it. I was like, I get it. I get it. Like I get it. It was a, it was one of those moments like Oh, and I just said, I said, I said this prayer saying, Jesus, like, this feels huge and I think I get this, but just come alive for me in my life, like, come alive. And I just, I don't know, I just, it was a feeling, yes, but it was just, it. I, I felt I physically changed, my heart changed, my mind changed, my body changed at that moment. I just felt like a different person. It was almost like I was baptised again in a way. The Holy Spirit just there was a Holy Spirit no, moment. Grace, like a, yeah. like a, a, an influx. What's that word? Like a yeah. cating outpouring yeah. grace and a knowing, yes. maybe. Yes, a knowing. Yeah, yes. And I just, yeah, I just knew. And I, um, I wrote in my journal that night, like, this is going to be my life. I'm going to follow Jesus. And then I, um, the next day, we had there was a party on um, for my friends. Uh, 16th which I really wanted to go to and it, it was a Sunday night because that was a Saturday night and I went and I got there and I just started sharing like I was like I was preaching <laughs> like not in like a not in like I want not not like a preach way but I was sharing my story I just felt so at ease with sharing what had happened to me and people were just I mean they thought it was really cool because none of my friends were Christian no one was really raised no one was raised in Christian household they probably knew Jesus of Jesus but none of my friends were raised in any sort of Christian home so this was really new to them and my faith was the fact that I shared my faith they just thought that was cool and they just thought that was wrong they're like that's fine <laughs> and they just they kind of loved it and encouraged it and I just yeah I felt so at ease and year 11 was the best year because I felt so aligned with Jesus. I was really on fire for the Lord, but I just loved school and I loved my friends and I just felt really at peace. It was great. Year 11 and 12 were awesome because of that. And I just, yes, decisions then just really followed like aligned with that most of the part. Most. Did you find did you find that your friends would come to you for advice if they were in? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Feeling uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I think I became a bit of like a source of uh, not knowledge but just peace. Like I think people would, yeah, I stopped going to parties, to be honest, after that. Like I, like just random parties. I go to birthday things. But it, I just realised it wasn't really a place to me in some of those scenes. Um, and saying that, I say this, but then I turned into a bit of a party a few years after this. So my, my, at the end, I think everyone's story, I really went, I had two feet, you know, I had two feet in the world, a foot in the world, a foot in my life following Jesus. But I certainly, I just loved, I love, I'm a bit of a party. I love parties. Um, I always have. And so that has been a distraction in some parts of my life. Um, but I, um, yeah, yeah, I did really, I think I did because in, yeah, for my school friends just become a bit of like a place of, and they could come and there was just yeah I was yeah. friends with a lot of my friends from school too any of them any of them convert no they didn't no <laughs> I don't think actually I don't think anyone oh a few friends from school I think are Christian but I don't think maybe 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 for me but no one directly yeah yeah 
Um, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure a few seeds have been planted though. Well, that yeah, I would. I hope so. Yeah, I think that's our whole like our whole life, like planting seeds. Hey, we're just everyone we meet and everyone we see, and mm -hmm. yeah, it's um. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. So, so you gave your life over to Jesus at 16. Yeah. You had a fantastic year 11 and 12. Did you end up going to uni? Um, I did. I actually did a year with um, Net Ministries after school finished, the National Evangelization Teams, but in Canada. So I waited. I got a full-time job after school finished over the summer because I planned to do Net in Canada starting in the July or June, July of so their school year. Um, so I worked full time for the government. Actually, it was great gig. Um, got saved lots of money, and then went overseas for a year. Um, and then I so to the following July, and then I came back. And my both my my older brother and sister then got married that next those next few months. So I was home for those weddings, and um, worked full time for those six months. And then I the, then the next year was two thousand and eight. So well, did that year. And I started uni that year. So I started uni and got was really involved in young adult stuff in our archdiocese, Catholic young adult stuff. Um, and then World Youth Day happened, and that was incredible in Sydney. Um, just I think everyone has different stories from that, but that was amazing. And after World Youth Day, the team that I, the group that I went to with, um, a few of the women in that group, we started a women's group. Um, like women's small group and we are still meeting every Sunday night hmm. so that started like I think that started August September 2008 and we started meeting on a Sunday night and we are still meeting That's so yeah last night out or, or via zoom or we go to somebody's house so um there was there was eight of us to start with there's me Six of us meet. Um, one when and but I during that time I actually moved to Canberra. So when I moved away, I didn't go, but I was still really part of the group. Like we had an online chat and we would message and and that that but they continued meeting every Sunday night. And then I moved back to Brisbane um, when I after I got married and I started again going to the Sunday night um, prayer group. So we we go to someone's house on a Sunday night. We have a cup of tea and some nibbles if someone brings it, but we pray together, we share um, from our spiritual lives, we pray and that's it for an hour and a half. Just 7 to 8.30 every Sunday night. That's a real commitment because Sunday night is the, one of the busiest times of my life. <laughs> well, yes. And it, the week. Yes. And you know what? I think it's because I've been doing it since I was 20 because I was – I think it, I grew with it. Like it just became, when I got married um, and we moved back to Brisbane, that was, I just said to Pete on Sunday nights, I go to women's group. Like this is the non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. It was just like, that's what I do. And so our lives are just really evolved around it. Like I feed the kids on a Sunday after, like early on a Sunday um, in the evening and then Pete takes over and he has Sunday night with them and, it's it's good. It's because it's only seven to eight thirty. I can come home and still do some prep for the week. Mm -hmm. um, yes, so it it's pretty real. We're pretty good on our time. We finish so everyone can go home. And yeah, do that week. But um, yeah, that's been incredible because we've seen we've been through marriages and kids and all sorts of things together with that group. Yeah, that wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something really, really beautiful about having good, faithful friendship, female friendships. Because yes, yeah. 
they you rely on them so much you like it's a very different relationship than to one with your spouse and and a friend Absolutely. having faithful friends is huge in your growth would you agree oh incredible yeah incredibly yeah needed must need it I think if you're a Catholic woman I think I think every Catholic woman needs a what at least one or a group of committed yeah. really committed Catholic women who are living the life with you yeah. you know living the life I mean what's great about this group is not all of us are married so we have a really we have we don't have any religious part of the group yet um but um yeah, we have we all come from really different backgrounds too. I'm the youngest, so they're all older than me, which is great. I love that. I I love I love it because I can really over the years I've been able to really feed off their experience and their wisdom, um, which have been really beautiful. Um, but yeah, absolutely. You need oh, I don't know what I'd do without my Christian friends, like my Catholic friends. Like I just I have I I have a lot. I've had a lot of friends over the years being an extra, but um, I feel like as I get older, they've started to, and as you become a mum and you get older, they you start to really nut out your people. Yeah. You know, the people that you need. You don't need many. You just need a few, but you need good ones. You need good ones. Yeah. And you, like, I, and you can't, reality is you can't, you can't, like, you don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to, to keep up with everyone, right? So. Yeah. It's been a bit of, for me, I think it's been a bit of a grief, some relationships, because you don't want to let some go. But I think some some naturally just yeah. peter off yeah. a bit. And you're still friends with them, but you're not, like, in, you're not actually journeying life with them. You're just a bit, you just check in every now and then. Yeah. But then, yeah, you have you people who, who um, I mean, one, they know you. And I think that's really being seen by, by close the girlfriends, like Catholic women who see you for all that you are, is really important too for me, like to be seen in all of my good and all of my like not so good parts. And these women and part of this group, they've seen a lot of me and a lot of seeing me grow and seeing my challenges and seeing where I haven't been good and seeing where I've had real victories. And, yeah, so to be to have women who you feel really safe with. Yeah. I think, I think because they see your potential, but they also see they see how you're trying. Like I think that's really like they see that you try and they kind of make you a bit accountable, but um there's a bit of grace that you yeah, yeah, there's grace. It's yeah, absolutely. I said this we celebrated my birthday because we always celebrate each other's birthdays um as part of this group and we have like champagne and cake at every if you're so for whoever's birthday is that week. And because there's only six of us, it doesn't happen here um, a lot. But um, we take those celebrations quite seriously. And we really affirm and pray over that particular woman that night. Um, and we, so we celebrated mine recently. And I I cry, as I always do. I feel like I'm I'm just, I'm a crier at the moment. I'm in my, I'm in my crying season. I just, I'm not pregnant. I'm not pregnant. I know that. But I'm, like, I'm just really... I love it because I love a good cry. I just realised how, like, healing it is. Hmm. But um, I was this, you know, just sharing a bit about what God, what I feel like God is doing in my life this year, this, you know, at the moment. And, um, you know, so, you know, crying and sharing. And and I just really came over me how, um, how grateful I am that these women, um, 
how kind they are to you know like like you know like when you realize I think we all realize how areas of ourselves that are really hard to well we think they're hard to love we think like they're hard to love areas of ourselves where we're like how do you like me even though I'm like this and this and this you know oh doesn't you know doesn't we kind of see how they can irritate people but like and I was sharing a bit, bit about that and one of the one of the women who is just so wise um, was just like, we love you because of that. Like, we love you because you're like that. That's part of you. Mm, and it's okay. so easy to love. And it's just, I think it's really humbling when, yeah, like, you know, you, if you're married, you experience that as part of your marriage, like this unconditional love where they just love you despite, mm. or not just not despite, but because of a lot of things. They, you know, some things that I see as a weakness, my husband loves that about me, you know. But to have that also in female friendships is so healing. Mm. They reflect yeah. the face of God the Father so beautifully. I think mm. that's yeah, and and also in that like sorry. sorry, no, I just said that's so endearing because you see if the face of the Father and you think, oh man, I want to be more like that too. So then you love like it's it yes yeah yeah. Right. Yes, when someone, absolutely, yeah, when someone loves you in that way, it's then, yeah, it's quite easy to then pass You can't help but copy. Absolutely. Want to do the same for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, so good. Okay, let's let's mm-hmm. move. So you've, yeah. you, yeah. We, we've, we've spoken for a while. I'm looking we at have, I know. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> we I'm like, did two parts here. <laughs> I know. Um, I might, I might just end like um. So just to talk a bit about my vocation stuff. Yeah, I'd love to know. Into, yes, yeah. because yeah. you did mention to me when we were chatting before we recorded yeah. that you were considering entering the uh, religious life. Can can you yeah. speak into that? Yeah, I was. That's that. Yeah, it um. Yeah, so after World Youth Day, um, which was really another pivotal moment, I really, really loved that experience. And then Faith on Tap started um, from, like, Sydney. They started that big event. I don't know if it was called Faith on Tap. No, Theology on Tap. Theology on Tap. And then we started Faith on Tap here in Brisbane, and I was part of that team. And I did that for a few years, and I loved that. And I really saw, I really, you know how you all through all these things, you find what you're good at, and you find your giftings and your skills. Meanwhile, I'm studying at university and I loved my degree. Um, and so for four years I was studying and doing lots of young adult stuff in the archdiocese and lots of social circles with um, young Catholics, like the Australian Catholic Student Association. I was really part of that, which was which I loved. Okay. <laughs> um, um, yeah, and then when I finished uni, I felt a bit lost for a bit. I was working in um, corporate property um, because that was my degree, was urban development. And then I went into um, commercial property for in one of the big firms in the city for a few years and felt really, I felt like in that time I really lost, didn't lose my faith, I felt lost in how to leave my faith. Um, I was. It's just such a... Property, commercial property particularly is such a dog-eat-dog world. Yeah, it's just vicious. It's vicious and I didn't have it in me. Like at that point I was like, this is what I wanted my life to look like. Like I'm not, 
I'm not after money. I, at that, and I realized at that point, I was like, I want to live for Jesus. Like what I, there was this real passion that arose in me that was like, I want to live a really, really radical life for the Lord. And that sat with me for a while, for a few months. I remember going, what do I, what am I doing? I don't really want to work here anymore. So I quit my job and I um, ended up working for the National Civic Council, which is a Catholic. Um, and I, I started just to like search for like what that looked like for me. So I was doing stuff in the National Civic Council and then I started doing some political work as well, just in <clears throat> some local politics stuff, um, just to like, you know, use up my time while I felt like oh, I was discerning what this feeling was inside me. And then in those two years, I while I was working for NCC and then I ended up working for the Liberal Party, um, I was discerning, went to lots of retreats with religious orders because to me, a radical life for the Lord, the obvious pathway for that. Looked like a habit. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm going to, yeah. And I would only go to, I would only, I only discerned with um, nuns that wore a habit. <laughs> I was like, if I'm going to be a nun, I'm going to wear a habit and I'm going to be, I'm going to be all in. This is going to look like a radical life. And um, but not a cloistered one. Not a cloistered one. No. I was like, I have to be out there, but I have to be in a habit. And I, yeah, I discerned with a few, uh, not, not a few, I discerned with three, but over those years and going to do their different discernment retreats and different things like that, uh, which I loved. Were really good for my faith life as well as just discerning this. Um, and I actually worked for the vocations office for the Brisbane Archdiocese too in this time. I did a few different. Um, yeah, you had your finger in many pies. Yeah, well, I was really trying to figure out. I remember also feeling really lost in this season too because I felt silly that I was like doing these random jobs because to me I was brought up with you do a job, get a job, and you do like a good stint in it. And so I felt like. I was like 24 and I was like, what am I doing with my life? Oh my gosh, if I could go back to that girl now and say, don't worry, like you're young, you're so young. Like if there is any young women listening to this, like don't rush the Lord. Like you do not, your life, you live, you run your race. You know, don't look or compare yourself to anybody else because I was looking sideways and I was looking at people further and getting further in their career um, you know, because and I was had kind of left my career, so I was like, "What am I doing? I'm wasting time. I should go back to my career because then I can save money and buy a house and go overseas." And I was, yeah, I remember feeling really like a bit anxious too, but also going, "No, I feel really called cool to discern and go down this path." So stuck with it, and like, thank, very thankful for people in my life who I could you know, like mentors that I could talk, discern through this discernment journey that I could really go, okay, am I, am I okay? Um, yeah, so I did. And then it came to a point um, in 2014, I remember I was, I went to a final discernment weekend. It was actually one-on-one -on -one discernment with the head sister of one of these, of an order. And I flew down to Sydney for it. And I arrived on the Friday night and I had my first one-on-one -on -one with her. And she said, Vaughn, I, I just I, I don't see any point in like continuing in going in in pursuing this weekend. She said, I want you to stay, but I just don't think you're meant to be enough. She said, not just with us, I just don't think you're meant to be enough. 
And I just went, thank you. Is that a relief? Yes, it was like, I don't know why I needed her to tell me this. And she said, she said to me, she's like, go, go and do what you're really passionate about, which is politics and go and get married. And I was really passionate about politics and I was already, I was still, I was just loving that area of my life. And she said, I just, I think you just need to go and do that. I think you're cool into not so much public, she said public life, but I don't think not so, not political public life, but just be in the world. Yeah, be in the world, be active in the world. And she said, live a radical life in the world because we need people like you raising families. So I did that. I went, okay. <laughs> and I got back and I was sharing with mum and mum sent me a, she sent me an email with um, a link to this Christian political course in Canberra. And I applied and I went and I did it that next year. It was a three-month intensive and then I stayed in Canberra because I loved it. I loved Canberra and I felt we did an internship at Parliament House and I my first day there I just went, I'm meant to be here. I just I called up my mentor actually in Brisbane and I said, I'm meant to get a job here. I'm meant to stay. I'm meant to work here. I just know it. And so I did. I just I networked my way around Parliament House that week. <laughs> I just tried my hardest to get a job. Um I didn't get a job that week, but I did get a um one of the senators that I knew took me on in a um in a casual role. So then I could I worked, he paid, yeah, I was working for him casually and then in that time I got a full-time job. And in that time I also met my husband, which is great. That first week of working there actually, I met Pete. We were colleagues for months and months because we were just working together. But then... So did you, was there something there when you first met him or not? It took a while. Uh, Definitely when we first met, I was definitely attracted to him, absolutely. I met, but, and we were introduced because we were both Christians. So that's how, so I met him as a, like a, a Christian guy in politics. And so, and he was really handsome and he was wearing really gorgeous, he's probably listening to this, um, a gorgeous blue suit, suit, and he just looked so handsome in it. I just was like, oh, who is this guy? Um, and he was working for the chief, for the for the set whip, so I just thought he was really important and, you know, <laughs> um, had a fancy job in politics. And um, anyway, I, um, but, we, you know, it took a while. It, it, it took a while for us to date because, yeah, we were just, we had to discern a lot in that. Yeah. Um, and I was also not, I was not in my, um, I moved to Canberra. I actually wasn't even thinking about guys, relationships and I was really, I had focused on my career then. I was like, oh, I'm going to really like, you know, get into my career again. So I was so set on work that I just didn't, that wasn't even on my radar for months. Um, yeah. So. I love how the Holy Spirit works. <laughs> yes I know it's so it is really funny I just think I think look back at that time and I'm like it's so funny how you just and I what I learned from that is that like you just take steps you pray you surrender to the Lord and you go Lord I'm yours and then you take steps and but also, just, yeah but also the the you know especially like looking back when you were 16 when you gave your life to God um there was this peace and then again when you wanted to quit you know, the party scene, there was a, a real piece, talking to your friends as a piece. You yeah. know, once you spoke to, like, you wanted to give your life radically to God, there was still this tension. And once yeah. you um, exhausted all avenues and you got the 
reassurance from sister, no, you're not meant to be a nun. There's this sense of peace. You can see yeah. and there's this agitation. It's not from the Lord. No, absolutely. Yes, yes. If we were more in tune with that, we would, you know, realise, well, we'd see the, you know, where there is peace, there is him. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, absolutely. Yeah, I think he allows kind of, because I have always really, um, I've ha- I have experienced a, not a lot of tension, but I there, I feel like in my life I've always been really, um, I've wrestled with things. Like that, I wouldn't call it so much tension, but yeah, I've wrestled with ideas and knowing, Lord, what do you want from me? And um, so I think wrestling with something is okay, but yes. I think, you know, wrestling definitely is okay. And it comes from a place of, I want to do what you want to do. Yeah. Yes. That's the wrestle because you want to. You want to do what he wants, but you don't know, and you yeah, like, <laughs> not meant to know. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And he—that's the thing. He—he he won't. I think I remember so many times being like, "God, just show me. Just tell me what you want to do, because I'll do it." Yeah. But if if he weren't like that, we we wouldn't need him, you know. I mean, we, we you know we. I realize I'm often saying to myself like, "Therefore, but by the grace of God, am I like mm. I." need Jesus so much Mm. like so much and I I just honestly don't know how people do life without it like I'm like I would be an absolute wreck if Mm. I didn't have Jesus because he guides my path and he keeps me on the straight and narrow because if it was up to me oh I don't even want to think about it if I had if I was in control of my life which obviously we have some control over life and I make decisions in my life, yes, but he if I didn't lean on him and know him and be focused on him the whole way, I just know that I would have made some really poor decisions. Yeah, yeah, as we all would, as we all do. But, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, I liked what you said back then about um, if, if, if we just, if he just did what we, like if we say just tell me what to do and I'll do it, um and you said if he worked like that then we wouldn't need him but also he wants us he doesn't want slaves yes 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 that's it he doesn't want us to go okay thank you for that i'll i've got the next five-year plan i'll i'll do it as you wish no he wants us to yes wants lovers he wants us to love us to do it because we love him not telling us to do it That's so true, actually. I, that's, that's now that I think about it. That's it. Yeah, he he doesn't want us to. Yeah. And he wants a companion, like doing it with him. He wants, like, he's doing this, but he wants us with him doing it. And so that's a, yeah, a togetherness, a, like following with him, being prompted by the spirit each day, even not each day, even moments of each day. You know, like, often um, I have a, in my journal, a prompt at the beginning of each day, which is like, like Holy Spirit, guide me today. Like, what is it you want? I have plans, but what do you want for today? Like, what? Who do you want me to see? Where do you want me to go? Like, just guide me, guide me intimately, because like our journey with the Lord is meant to be really exciting. Hey, like it's meant to be really awesome. And I know that I miss opportunities where the Holy Spirit wants to work because I'm not always in tune because I get so just caught up in my 
yeah, yeah, and caught up in the busy and caught up in the moment and caught up in the, the list of things to do and the jobs that need to be done that I do, I know, miss, like, opportunities. And I, I, I just really try to remind myself each day, like, okay, just really be, really be in tune with spirit today and the promptings mm -hmm. of where, you know, you want to go and who you want me to see. Um, and I love it when I realise that I am in tune with those moments. You know, when you look back on your day and you're like, oh, yeah, that was, yeah. that was, oh, it working. Yeah. Yeah. And so my my word, I don't know whether you do it, but I have a word for each year. And um, my word is surprise. Mm. And, Ooh. you know, a lot of people don't like surprises because you don't know what you're going to get. And yeah. there, there can be fear there. But with the Lord, any like a surprise is nothing to be feared. Like a surprise yeah. is an adventure. Yeah. Um, you, you just yeah. got to change the narrative because. Yeah. yeah. It's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. And it's a, yeah, because we, I think we all, I think the humanness is in us all wants to know. And we don't like, yeah, we don't like that surprise, but it is, it is an exciting thing. It is an adventure. I actually love surprises. I'm all about surprises. Yeah. <laughs> I love spontaneity and new things and I love it if my husband goes oh we should do this I'm like yes let's do it let's do it now I'm, uh, I'm more of a practical person <laughs> yes my husband's more practical he's like okay why don't we let's pray about this let's plan it out I'm like what's that a plan sounds like a great idea all right, so let's get on to your husband. You said that he, you were introduced to him because he was a Christian. In yes. Six. So yeah. is he Catholic? He's not Catholic, no. He is a, he was raised, maybe he himself just a, a Christian, but we do, he was raised in a Baptist church. Uh -huh. um, yeah, so in, you're from a beautiful family, incredible faith-filled family, his parents. Um, and he's one of 11 one of 11, okay. so big family. Um, so when I met his family, yeah, it was really, really beautiful. Like, they're just a really beautiful Christian family. Um, mm -hmm. And his mum's wonderful. And my mother-in-law, I really lucked out. Um, but, yeah, so when we met, we were friends for a, um, a few, oh, I would probably say, I don't know, five, four or five months before we, in China, I think we, we were friends, but there came a time a few months in or even like, yeah, two, two to three months in where, we knew that we liked each other. Like we knew there was something there, but um, I don't think any of it, either of us had any um, plans on making a move. No, because I had not planned on. I only thought of ever dating Catholics, and he only ever thought of dating Baptists. I think I think that's what he thought he'd do, and that's what I thought we'd do. So when we met, and we were like, "What's this?" Like we didn't really know what, but we were really drawn to each other we kind of um, things progressed in like a really beautiful, wholesome way. Like we worked together, like we weren't in the same office, but we were in the Senate together and we were both working for liberal politicians. So we did a lot of things in the same um, circles and at work. And then we would get coffee together at work. And then I started inviting him to, I got involved in the theology on tap um, in Canberra. And I was I actually started emceeing it, hosting it. So um I invited him to that. And I invited him to mass and I invited him to all the Catholic stuff. Um and so that that happened. And then we um, mass. Hey. What did he think of mass? Um yeah, it was I think he really liked it. 
I think it was new to him and I I think he has pretty much come to mass with me ever since we were friends because he just yeah we would go to mass quite often and then I go to his church and yeah we got had a really good routine going and then we yeah we did eventually start dating um after talking it was funny because people what the conversations we talked about before we even started dating I guess you would say we were courting we talked about like the conversations that you would talk about when you were engaged we kind of talked about we spoke about then because we had to be quite clear about you know Mm. what we wanted and what the plan was so yeah it was really open communication from the beginning which is really cool like what what I wanted in a marriage and in a you know husband and raising kids and then what he wanted so we spoke a lot about those things before we even dated and then we went okay maybe we should do this and we had a really beautiful couple in Canberra that we were able to like a bit of a mentor couple that discerned with us and really encouraged us along the way um yeah so we eventually got married which is so would you recommend marrying a non-catholic I would definitely recommend discerning with a really good Christian man. <laughs> um, I find that really hard to say. I when I haven't had many people ask me. I've had two people talk to me about it, um, and as in who were dating Christian men. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's such a um, situation. It's a, your own. You really have to pray about it. Like you really have to pray about it because I don't know if there's not like a um, I think I would say you have to pray about whoever you marry, no matter who, what, no matter if they're Catholic or not, um, because God will, God really um, shows you, like he will let you know if he wants you to marry this person. There is obviously a choice that we make and a decision that we make from that prayer. But I think if you are in tune with the Holy Spirit, which I was, and I had a really good prayer life and I have for a long time, um, you know, really asking the Lord what he wanted. And I always kept, in fact, which with every, every guy I dated, I always kept, and I, I dated a lot of guys. Well, not dated. Like I, I went out on dates with a lot of guys, and mostly mostly Catholic. Um, I always gave myself that option of, like, this doesn't need to be anything. Like, no pressure. Mm-hmm. Just just see. Um and I did that with Pete and we just, we really just let things be at ease. We never put pressure on the situation to like, is this going to be my, is this going to be lead to marriage? I think I certainly within a few months knew that I wanted to marry him. Otherwise I would have broken it off because I don't, I don't see the point in dating anybody. And, and I was like 26 by this point. So I'm like, I'm not going to be, you know, wait, not that I, that would have been wasting time, but I was like, I'm like, I'm not going to waste time with someone that I wasn't, Yeah, you know, I didn't, didn't consider someone that I wanted to marry. Um, but it was, a, it was, uh, we had to pray separately. We prayed together, but we also prayed, really prayed separately if that was what God wanted. And um, so I don't know if I would, I don't know if I can answer that question. Like, would I recommend, I recommend you ask the Lord who you want to marry. That's what I would recommend. Mm-hmm. Um and then seek wisdom from those people really close to you. And I did it with my parents and Pete's parents who my parents were really committed in their faith and Pete's parents were really committed in their faith, you know, 
two marriages that had both been married for like a long time, like they're, you know, both married for a long time. So really seeking discernment from them and getting their wisdom, like bringing our parents into it was really good because they were able to see what we couldn't see at that stage. And were there any reservations from Pete's parents about? No, and neither from mine. Both both parents were like, it's really good. I remember my dad saying, um, you don't want to miss out on a really good Christian man. Yeah. And Peter's a really good Christian man. He's a really faithful man. He loves Jesus. He leads our family. And I just, yeah, you know, you think of, it's just so beautiful. Being married to a really faithful man is just awesome because you can really rely on their discernment. And I think, yeah, now that I'm married and we have children, I really see how much you need a man to be strong in leading their family in the faith because you rely on them to make decisions for you and the family. Like you really do. Like obviously where, you know, he, he knows what I need and what I want, but you have someone has to be the person making the final decisions, right, um, on be, really, you know, big things and what we're, yeah. So to, to really trust that is so good, like to trust that all is well because Peter's wise and he knows Jesus and he's following God and, yeah. So, so what what are you are there non-negotiables? Like what about raising the kids? Uh I yeah, being raised Catholic. Yeah, there were yes, there are, are non-negotiables. There were non-negotiables when we were dating. That was yeah, that would I wanted to raise my children Catholic. And um obviously the the other other relationship stuff like um yeah, living a good um like just the basic Catholic principles um of a relationship yeah yeah so um and he was on board with all of that I think he'd really he had been raised really well in a lot of those things and his parents had been open to a lot of um open to life and having kids and yeah so that was just kind of going over those kind of things that were really important to me um so that I could live yeah like a really full life in line with the church's teachings um yeah and he was on board so it's, it's it's been great there's like I can't really think of any like obviously every I think every fam every couple has their cross to bear and their own things that they journey and discern through and we have our own but um nothing that yeah I just think it's honestly it's so good to be yeah married to a Christian man I love it I would I would does he have any hang-ups about your Catholic faith? Like, uh, does Our Lady, are there any pictures of Our Lady in your home or the rosary? There is. Yeah, I think, yeah, in our, even in our playroom there is. Um, he just deals with it, to be honest. I think I don't think he fully understands it because he wasn't raised that way, but he just, yeah, it's, it's like I think, yeah, he just kind of sometimes just goes, like the kids love um, singing the rosary. Um, that's one thing that we do and he just he kind of just laughs and he's like oh so like he just some things just he's just not used to and he doesn't fully get it but he doesn't mind it and it's yeah and it's good it's really it's actually really um we found it to be really fruitful because because he's a baptist we also go to a baptist church and it's got beautiful um 
uh, like beautiful sermons. Their sermons are incredible. Like the teaching that you can get from, um, you know, the wider church is just so good. Like they know their Bible so and so to be, yeah, to, to listen to some of these sermons, like I find it really life-giving and I love that. So to be able to have math and then really good sermons and also really good worship, it's just awesome. It just makes, I think it makes a really live, like alive. Fuller, yeah, full yeah. of faith. Yeah. So yeah. Sundays must be pretty busy for you to do church services. Um, Sundays are, depending on, we often go to a, the 5 p.m. vigil on a Saturday night. Yeah. Mass. Um, so our local parish has a 5 p.m. Um, 9 a.m. mass. Um, but some days we do do 9 a.m. and then go straight to, and they're all close together, which is really good. We live caught, like within a minute to both of them. So that helps um, being able to go to both. But what's good about um, the Baptist church, it's Bridgie Baptist actually, because it's such a great community. They um, take, they have a lot of kids' programs. So yeah. kids see us in mass, um, but then when they when we go to Bridgie Baptist, they do, like, they have a creche and then they have, like, a little kindy program where they just teach little Bible stories to the kids. So they get to go and do that while we sit and listen to the sermon. So I feel like it's not as if they're sitting for three hours, which is yeah. so good. Yeah. So the kids love it. It almost them. sounds like too good to be true like you get the eucharist but you also get really good i mean i love it i i i yeah i don't know i know families i actually know families who also like um catholic families or both catholic that do this as well like go to mass and then they might go to a um like a christian church that they particularly know has really good sermons um i mean i think we get a really good homily at our mass too um, I just think they really go deep into um, some of the, the scriptures. In, yeah. yeah. And to get, like, because it's probably, they and they focus on the sermons. That's the big focus in their services. So it's, it's about a 40, 50-minute um, sermon on a particular part of scripture. And, gosh, it's great. Yeah. And it's really, it's, it's, it has um, deepened my faith because I, I didn't really read the Bible heaps other than, Reading the daily script, the daily um, readings, yeah. which are which are great because I, I think you forget like with maths, if you go to maths or if you read the, the daily scriptures every day, you're getting through the whole Bible. So you are yeah. like reading the Bible. I think sometimes I forget that, but to actually go into a big deep Bible study, you know, to actually big dive is so good, dive, so interesting. Yeah. It is interesting, yeah, um, yeah. So I um I love that. So it's. Yeah, it is it's interesting. I think both, you know, both churches or both communities that we're part of find it interesting that we do both. But yeah, I was going to say, what did the people think at the ba Preachy Baptist about this Catholic woman coming? Every <laughs> I think they love it. I think they think it's cool. But it's like, yeah, I think they think it's interesting. I think I don't know how many other Catholics would be there. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's life-giving. And it's also, I think it's a reminder to you um, you know, some people to people in general that like we we serve the same God, and you know, in a the culture that we're in right now, who hates culture that hates Jesus and hates the Christian faith. Um, I think we we have a lot in common. We have a lot in common with the other Christian churches, um, and I love that. I love the the 
that we have that obviously there are differences in some in some things but there is a lot in common that we have and a lot of battles that we have to fight together yeah. a lot of cultural battles right now that we really have to combine forces and we I think rely on each other I, I, do you know Fran, is it Francis Chan or Francis Chang he's he's a, an American preacher I think he I'm not sure if he's Baptist I think he might be yeah. Actually, you probably know him if he was. Yeah, but he is. He is an awesome preacher, but he's um, he's really because like his sermons have really changed because he used to be quite insular, and now he's realised that, or the Holy Spirit has inspired him to look beyond his own little church and look at the other Christian churches and look at the mm-hmm. Catholic Church, and he's realised that there's so much more we have in common with each other than we have. That divides us and that absolutely really the enemy that is pitting us against each other so that we don't look you know absolutely because we yeah. we need each other you know they need what we've got and we need what they've got a bit absolutely of a, you know, yeah yeah absolutely like they do what i've noticed it this church particular um that we go to they have a, a they do they have an exceptional they do community really well you know and, and evangelizing um which, which is great. I just, you know, but then I think what I found really is that it doesn't matter what, like this, I have my, I'm on my journey and everyone's on their own journey and I know what I believe. I don't, it's not up to me to go out and convince everyone what, what to believe, you know. I share my story. I share my experience. I share my testimony with people as God needs me to. That's all I need to do, you know. And for me, I, I love, I mean, I, and I say this to my husband all the time, like, I love the Catholic Church. Like I, I just I was raised in it. It's part of me. It's who I am. It is part of who I am. And I was that moment when I was sixteen in adoration in front of the Eucharist. You can't. Nothing can ever change that for me. You know. And that's why I just I'm. It will never be. I I, I can't walk away because the Eucharist is. Yeah. is what I need and that yeah so I'll never I'm, I mean I've never been phased I've never I've never wanted to I mean, that's the thing I've never wanted to walk away either um and my husband has never we would never ask each other to and we encourage in fact we encourage each other's faith we yeah. really encourage that because it makes us more of who we are and yeah. we're really big on that we're really big on unity in our marriage actually really big on unity and asking Jesus in and and just going deep in what we know um yeah but I just does part of you does a part of you want him to convert? Um, oh, that's a really good question. I I want what God wants. <laughs> I that, want what God. That's wants. a beautiful answer. <laughs> I I surrender my husband to him in all in all ways, and that's that's all I want. Yeah, and I said that, and and I actually said that to when in my prayer time before we were um, got engaged. Um, I was like, Lord, I know that when I you know, if I, the things that I was grappling with, with then, I was like, okay, look, well, I have to surrender all of this to you because I can't hold on to any of this. Mm-hmm. And I need to, if this is, if I'm going to marry him, I'm marrying all of him as he is right now. Mm-hmm. And so that was it. It was just, and so I'm like, Lord, you you do your will in him and me. I need so much. I need, I need, I need yeah. you know, that's, and so we just, we just surrender it. We surrender each other to God and whatever changes 
other changes that need to be made, you know, along the way it's mm. or doing it. So beautiful. Yeah. It's good. It's good. God is so good. It's like such a great life. Like I feel I feel really blessed to be, you know, I feel really blessed to be honest. I just feel so blessed. And like this this is like since I was 16. I'm 26 and then 36. Like this is in my next decade. This is another decade of like, because when I was 26, that was what the year um, after I discerned and then I went to Canberra. So that year was 26 when I was like all in on after discerning. And now I feel like I'm at another, you know, pivotal moment of like, you know, I don't know what the, I don't know what this is. What is this pivotal moment? I think I suspect what what it is. I feel like God's doing a lot in me. Um, this year internally and I think he's sharpening a few tools because um yeah I'm excited what I'm, ex- I'm just excited I'm excited and I'm yeah, well expect- one thing is for sure he's a very faithful father and yeah. he's never going to outdo you in your generosity so the more you give him yeah he just like multiplies it yeah. and multiplies it so much so that there's so there's leftovers like yeah. it's just so yeah. much yeah absolutely yeah oh, it's unreal it's good mm. it's good he's a good father um we could keep talking for a very long time no we covered <laughs> um, a few yeah. pardon we covered a few topics yeah we did That's great <laughs> um but before I finish, before we finish, yeah. I always ask my guests something that brought them joy this week. So, yes, uh, what's yes. brought you me joy? Think about that. <laughs> no, I do know one thing that has brought me joy, um, and that is my little three-year-old boy. This week, he I was putting him to bed last last night, the night before last, and he said we're doing our night prayers, and then we finished. And he's a real, he's a real. Uh, He's quite an intense kid, got lots of energy. In the day, he's full on and he's probably the one that has tested me the most <clears throat> and we really, like, we do kind of get at each other. But he's super sweet and he is probably the one that is so tender to me as a mum. Like, he knows when I'm, he just knows the words to say when I need it. And he said to me, Mama, when I grow up, I want to be a policeman so I can protect you forever. Oh. And, and it was just so sweet and it brought me so much joy because I just saw this little boy who is just so intense and feisty and feisty and full on who just is so sweet and, and loves me, you know, and I just, he loves his mum and I just, it's so, you just see that, you're like, oh, man, like, yeah, these motherhood moments of joy. Yeah. and they're they're often we just don't we don't take the time to or we, we we're so busy preoccupied that we don't hear them or see them so that's yeah, yeah at the moment how lovely well yeah. mine yeah mine, your... we just went on a bushwalk yesterday mm-hmm. and um I've been ruminating a lot I do a lot of a lot of praying and thinking and yeah. you, know, you know you know what yeah. else Totally, there. I get you, it. You don't want to go in there alone because yeah. you know, it's frightening. <laughs> so you've always got to ask the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so true. That is so true. Yeah. And uh, you know, just about this year and everything, and I run retreats, and 
you know, it's always I the enemy loves to throw in doubt and, you know, it's like, oh, enough, I'm not going to do it. There's so much work, but the, the, the fruits are amazing. They're really beautiful, but they are a lot of work. Anyway, talking yeah. about it, he, I know that the topic, the, the, the name of the retreat, and I, you know, I'm just nutting it all out in my, yeah. in my head. And yesterday we went on this bushwalk and um, I don't know if, do you have black cockatoos up in Queensland? No. I mean, no. no. I mean, they're almost, they're, they're like an endangered species. Well, they're, they're you know, they're frightfully expensive because like people have been trying to capture them and, yeah. Uh, so they're they're worth thousands on the black market. Um, they're endangered, and but when you know their their call, um, it's unmistakable. Anyway, there's right, okay, yeah. And cockies, the white cockies are horrific. They're loud and destructive, and they're uh, you have white cockies up there, right? Yeah, 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 they yeah. they eat everything. They're, they're a menace. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so we're on this bushwalk. We're in the middle of the Blue Mountains, and I could hear the black cockatoos. And I said to one of my kids, oh, "I can hear a black cockatoo." Anyway, we were overlooking hectares and hectares of wow. Blue Mountains, and I said, "Where is it? I can hear it. I can't see it." Anyway, we went around a corner, and I'm looking and couldn't see it got to this high point I could still hear it but couldn't see it and I thought oh well can't see it um but I knew the sound I knew what they sounded like anyway I forgot about the black cockatoo uh we went out for lunch went home I did a few things and I thought I'm just gonna sit outside mind you we're an hour away from where we were I'm just gonna sit outside with my book leave me alone I just need to decompress from you know yeah a week you know sitting outside I was reading my book and I heard the black cockatoo and I thought, oh, I can hear the black cockatoo again. Anyway, I turned around and it's sitting in the tree above me. <laughs> anyway. Wow. But it was this real that you don't have to keep looking for you. I, I know you and I, I'm before you, I'm behind you, I'm beside you, I'm always with you. I wow. couldn't, I was like, like, gosh, you're here. Yeah, I was incredible. searching for you, and he knew he knew where I'd be. Like it was just such a consolation. It was That's really beautiful. beautiful. Um, because this year's retreat, the the name of the retreat is known, and I just felt it was That's such a beautiful, yeah. That's so awesome. That's so cool. It gave me a lot of joy. Like I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. Yeah, See, that's one of those. I love that because yeah, it's, it's a moment of joy, but it's also that one of those moments where you just know, you know, when you're like, oh God, you're so intimate with me. Like you know, like he knows us so well. He knows when he knows when to send how to send us a message. Yeah. You know how to. Yeah, it's like ah, oh, you're you're working in my life. You're working yeah. in my life. You're here, and just the small things. And the yeah. Small things. But it's but so intimate, like so tender, so specific, so um, what's the word? So um, personal. Personal, yeah, yes, personal. That to no one else, yeah, to anyone else, it's a, it's nothing. But you, he knows <laughs> you so well that that that's 
that important to you. Yeah. yeah. And I knew um, what I was thinking and the, like it was just like, oh, you know, that's so good. Even oh, that's I'm so good. That's so good. That's brought me joy. That's oh, good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. All right, Vaughn. Well, we better sign off. We better Absolutely. leave thank the conversation. Yeah. Um, it was such a joy talking with you. So thank you very much for joining me. Oh, such a joy. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. That was fun. That was so good.